Welcome back into another episode of the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. My name is Austin, and I'm one of the hosts here. And this is a place where me and my co-host, Stephen, try to answer some of the questions we've had about faith, life, and how they all connect with one another. We're both young. We both can be dumb sometimes, and we're trying to make sense of how what we experience in the church connects with the world we live in today. On this episode of the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast, Stephen and I talk about one key idea that I think is really difficult for a lot of us to live into, and that is the idea of reconciliation. First of all, what in the world is reconciliation? Why should we pursue this lifestyle? And how do we even go about doing it? Where do we start? Spoiler alert, we cannot do it in our own strength. And if you're curious about that, sit back, relax, and enjoy this third conversation on the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. All right. So talking about this idea of reconciliation, uh, first of all, what the heck is it? <laughs> you know, uh, but before a little preface, uh, you initially had talked about this idea of reconciliation and you wanting to, I guess, discuss it. So why do you think this idea of reconciliation, not just the word, we'll, we'll flesh out what that word means. But why do you think this idea of reconciliation is something important in being a Christian? Uh, sure. I think that it's important because it's um, it's what Christ does for us and then what Christ calls us to do f- uh, in relationship to other people. Hmm. Uh, I think today it is so important because it's like foreign to modern uh, like social culture. How so? Uh, like if somebody makes you mad, you don't have, there's not an obligation. I don't, or not a natural obligation. There's not like a social encouragement to try to like close the distance between two parties. Hmm. There's more just like, well, you can write them off or you can, um, forever just not acknowledge them or whatever the case may be. Also, it it directly opposes cancel culture that's so popular nowadays. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> spicy. Uh, yeah. So like, and this is a little different in like if you're not famous, right? Yeah. But if you are famous, you know, you mess up, and they just like everything that you have ever done ever is now disqualified. And not mm-hmm. only that, you cannot work your way back into the good graces of fans or people or whatever the heck. Well, it may because be. everybody remembers you did that one thing. You're, right. you're now associated with that one thing. Right. You did the, you did the bad thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's no chance to be reconciled. Oh. Got him. Re- <laughs> <laughs> no chance to be reconciled with, uh, or to, to, to reach reconciliation with all of the people that you may have uh, hurt or wronged. Uh, now I don't think, obviously it doesn't happen to that same degree in like regular social interaction Mm. right but like you mess up and now you're no longer a part of the friend group you're no longer acknowledged in conversation you're no longer uh invited to the party right um whatever the heck uh it may be you're like and like now we're no we're just not going to talk anymore like we've hurt each other so instead of making up we're just we'll just act like nobody exists well and it seems as if we've normalized that state of isolation that comes from, okay, so something happened. So some, 
somebody did something to hurt somebody else. Right. And that sounds very vague, but let's say person A did something to hurt person B. Yeah. And now person B holds that against them. And now person A is more isolated from the rest of the friend group that and so we or, or person B isolates themselves yeah. and removes themselves and say, I don't even want to be a part of this equation anymore. Yeah. Both parties miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, keep going with your metaphor. No, that I mean or your it was it was pretty much done. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um but I think I think you you hit on something important, especially because I don't know, the environment that we work in or the the environment that we live in currently, it's a it's a very busy environment. It's cool. noisy, it's loud, and because of the noise and because of the busyness, I think it's easy for us to somebody somebody hurts us personally. It's easier for us to say, "Listen, I have too much going on. I can't deal with this right now." Right. And we use that as a justification to not pursue um the, this this life this this life in the kingdom because i i believe that the idea of living reconciled and for for people watching you're maybe saying like what in the world why are they talking about this but i think it's very important um because we see so little of it true reconciliation around us today yeah yeah i think the so in a minute we really need to define reconciliation we will but yeah, we'll get there <laughs> but the uh you said something about how I'm, I'm just, I don't have time for this right now, which is, I think, another way of saying, oh, I don't, it's not that you don't have time for it. It's just you don't want to acknowledge it. Mm. But you'd rather distract yourself from dealing with the actual wound. You just want to treat the symptoms, which yeah. is something that we've, that idea of a, of a wound or whatever is something that we've kicked around a few times yeah. um, the last few episodes. But like, so reconciliation, see, uh, reconciliation with another person um seeks to heal the wound not distract yourself by treating the symptoms which is uh uncomfortable but beneficial right so i think that's a good point to i want to hear how you would define reconciliation in layman's terms we could obviously go to the dictionary and look at all that i don't think that's i don't think that's fun um (laughs) i think i think it's helpful to like, what does reconciliation mean to you personally? Experiential, experientially, what you've learned in school, sure. Right. But like, how, like, what is a basic framework? Yeah, so a long time ago, I looked up the actual defi- dictionary definition. I think I was prepping for a message or something like that. And the dictionary definition, I think, is like uh, to return to the original state of being or something like that. Interesting. Uh, but I think, and then they, in the definition, they work it they work in like a relationship there or something like that. So the to be reconciled is to return things to the like original peaceful state of being or something like that. Hmm. Um, I hope I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, I may not be. But regardless, practically what that's looked like in my life is with friends that I have or with my wife or whatever, it's um, two, and I love like the whole distance metaphor or uh, maybe a seat at the table, whatever it is. It's two parties um, seeking to close the distance between them. Uh, for and the, I like that because for friends that have hurt me or that I have hurt, we're close. We hurt one another. And there's a distance that's put there. When we seek reconciliation, we're seeking to close that distance, hmm. right? And so, uh, yeah. So we're we're seeking to close that distance. We're seeking to, um, rather than leave the room, 
Yeah. Rather than uh, I like take my seat at the table and dip. No, no, I'm going to sit in the uncomfort and um, work it out. And then we're going to return back to our like original but most beneficial state where we're enjoying each other's company yeah. and stuff like that. I like that idea of returning to something once, I guess, once had, right? I, yeah. I, I like that idea because I think that captures the essence of the story of the scriptures. Ooh. Um, we were given God's image in the uh -huh. beginning, one man and one woman. We were given God's image, um, and we were commissioned to partner with God in, in caring for all of creation, right, and cultivating life. And um, But then we marred that image. That image mm -hmm. was destroyed, right? And I think the when we talk about reconciliation, it is closing that gap, right? Yeah. It's, it's restoring what was once lost or once broken, and that that implies something that we've done or something that's been done to us. I think, and there that when we talk about this idea of reconciliation, I think it's so important because it it not only affects our social relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. I would argue that it most most powerfully affects our relationships with ourselves oh i didn't think you're gonna say that <laughs> i didn't i mean i didn't know where you were going but i didn't think it was there so expand <laughs> i'm very curious i think so many of us especially we talk about um the culture of consumerism that has dominated the west for so long the noise the busyness it's so easy for us to be fractured or compartmentalized in a sense yeah so instead of us being holy ourselves wherever we go holy w-h-o-l yes -Y. Yeah. and cool. i mean you could say like holy like as well <laughs> <laughs> like that that is a possibility sure um sure. but i think instead of us being fully present to other people and even with ourselves and with god because that that undergirds everything that we're talking about here. Mm. We become more compartmentalized. We're ourselves. We're most fully ourselves in one spot, but then we put on masks and we 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 hide and we we only let people in a certain amount because we don't want to. We almost fear being hurt. We almost yeah. feel have fear having to go through to go into a situation into the process of reconciliation that leads yeah. to the process of reconciliation. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Um, so I think that we ourselves are not personally reconciled. So it's very hard for us to reconcile with other people as a result wow, of that. Awesome. That's like, that's so profound. Out of boy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Cause I, I, like, I just have never thought about that. Be like, you have to be, because the, the, the thing that you're describing, stepping into a situation where you want to be, where there's the potential for reconciliation, it demands that you be like seen, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, and in any scenario that demands that you are seen, there's the opportunity to be seen and then be rejected. Yeah. And that scares the crap out of everybody. Yep. Um, because of shame, because of uh, however it is that you think about yourself, whatever. Okay, so then how do I become... How, yeah, how do I fix that issue with reconciliation to myself? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's a complex question. And I think that's something that it's going to, there's no template. There's no specific template of saying, oh, I need to, if I do one, two, three, then I'll get the result. There's no specific formula as e- as easy as that would be. There's yeah. n- I don't think there's any specific formula for that. I think okay. it first starts with recognizing uh, the disc, the disc, number one, who, who am I, right? Who am I? What makes what makes me tick? What gives me life? What gives every me every time do- somebody says, "Here am I." Who am I? I think of that old. Uh, oh man, is it Mercy Me? Or the Gosh. Who am I? <laughs> that the Lord of all the earth can't know my I, name. I, you know what oh, talking about? I think it. Uh, that may not be Mercy Me. I'm. Tr- I think it's maybe like Casting Crowns or Third I think, Day. I think. Or I think it's like Casting that. Crowns. I think. I that, don't know. That, I think. Casting crowns is, I think that's it. But, but yeah, okay. So we can go that route as well. Uh, It first starts with identifying like what gives me life, what gives me joy, like because we all have passions, desires, interests that aren't necessarily bad, though we may have wrong passions and desires and interests contrary to that original image. Mm -hmm. But we have to first understand, I think, who we are. And in, intrinsic in that definition is who God says we are, right? Mm. What is that original image mm. that God made us in? Mm-hmm. What is our role here? What's the point of our existence? Because yeah. I think a lot of people, they get bogged down in that one um, that one area. It's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm good at. I just, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to get through. Yeah. I think so it starts there. And then... It would identify that disconnect. Okay, so why am I, um, why am I one way in this situation, and this way in another situation? Mm-hmm. Whatever, like wherever you are, your most authentic self. Why am I not my authentic self in that situation? What's what's causing that? And then from there, you get to once you identify like the two edges, you begin that process of closing the gap. Right. Okay. What. What relationships, what situations, what circumstances make me feel like I cannot be myself? Yeah. And then, again, it's be, you begin to see that gap close. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't think there's a specific formula, but I think it starts with identifying, number one, who, who am I? There's uh, a, my most real self. There's somebody that says it's like uh, slow progress in the same direction or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's like that's a summary for spiritual development, but also for reconciliation to your true self, mm. which is cool. Uh, also cool, and I think you've, we've talked a lot about this, like, offline or whatever, like, the whole deal of how that is the whole biblical narrative, yep. right? Um, because of everything's trying to get us back to the Garden mm-hmm. of Eden. Can you say a few things about that? You have cooler thoughts about that than I do. Yeah, so, um, I think, yeah, a lot of people get confused about reading reading scripture. And I, I read a book that really, really helped. It's called The Epic of Eden by Sandra Richter. And she the Epic of Eden? Yep. The Epic of Eden. And her whole point, her whole thesis is that reading the Bible, it's it's one unified story. It's yeah. not this disjointed narrative. I think That's called an anthology, right? One story from a bunch of different perspectives? Maybe? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't just, know. I remember reading anthologies for my my literature classes in college and it was just a bunch of it was just a compilation of a bunch of different work so it may be a specific theme or it may just be oh yeah. sorry because <laughs> i saw on amazon prime there was an anthology about love or something 
and I can't remember the name of the show. But I was like, oh yeah, that's just a story from a different bunch of different perspectives. I don't know where I got that definition though, so <laughs> maybe I'm not correct. I mean, anyways, we can we can build off that. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's yeah, it's this, it's one unified story, and it's t- the the goal of the scriptures shows not so much our attempts to reach God as the, the, this this deity is unreachable. He's he's high and he's removed from the human situation. It, the the starting contrast between the story of the scriptures and a lot of other like religious stories is that the gods are never like the gods are mostly distant in those other stories. Yeah. In the Bible, this God, the the actual like the name of the deity was Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And that's who that again, that's who we call God. Um he's he's strangely close to people in specific circumstances. He's not far away, he's not removed, he's not distant. He's there's this sense of nearness, right? Mm-hmm. And in the garden that and the Garden of Eden in Genesis one through three, we see that this that that Adam and Eve, the man and the woman, they walked with God. Mm. That signifies like, hey, closeness, right? Relation yeah. relational yeah. connection. Communion. Yeah. That was fra- that relationship was fractured, right? Sure. That image that we were created because we were created in Yahweh's image. Yeah. That was marred. We marred that. Like we chose to go our own way. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of the story of scripture is God, Yahweh, pursuing us, trying to restore us, trying to reconcile our relationship yeah. with. Yeah, him. giving us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to right. uh, return the relationship to something, like you said, something once had. Right. And so a lot of people, they, they, they read the Old Testament and the New Testament as two different stories. Mm-mm. That is vastly wrong. Right. It is God met a group of people. He met this guy named Abraham and he said, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. In other words, through you, I'm going to reconcile all the nations of the world to myself. However, with the people of Israel, there were they interpreted this set of laws, the law that we have in the Old Testament, the first five books, give or take. Yeah. They interpreted that as like, we have to keep that in its entirety, or else God's going to punish us. When that really wasn't the point of the law. Okay. The point of the law was to maintain that that closeness with God, right? Oh, yeah, cool. It wasn't the idea of, oh, if I don't do this, God's going to hit me over the head. Right. It's the idea of, I do this because I want to, because God has done this for me, I'm going to maintain this relationship. Every relationship takes work from both yeah. parties, right? Yeah. And that's what that the law was. However, again, that turned into just this rigid moralism of people trying to keep the law as best they can. And that's when we look in the prophets, especially Jeremiah and Ezekiel, when God says, okay, that old covenant did not work. I'm, there's going to be a new covenant where the spirit of the Lord is not only upon you, it is within you, right? Ooh. What you cannot do because the law was weakened by the flesh, and Paul talks about this in Romans, I'm going to put the law in your heart. Right? Yeah, I just listened to a message about how the law was meant to point out your wrongdoings, but it couldn't fix you. Right, right. right. It, it showed us... Oh, he the, the it's Ben Stewart from Passion City, yep. D.C. He says that the law is like an x-ray machine. Mm-hmm. It will show you the problem, but mm-hmm. the doctor is not going to say, hey, let's do a few more x-rays, and that'll fix it. Yep. It's like, no, 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 the x-ray shows the problem. You need a physician to come in, uh, actually heal the wound. Right. And it's not that, yeah, exactly. It's it's not that the law was, 
it, it became it became dry it became moralistic right and that's why Jesus his faithfulness to the law because Jesus mm-hmm. not only he didn't abolish the law he fulfilled the law in all of its requirements mm. and through that faithfulness now Jesus enables us to participate in in that in his same life yeah. right his yeah. life his death and his resurrection yeah and it's through that that we are reconciled to God that's that's the whole story of the biblical narrative that and that's a very brief story and I'm missing a whole lot of really cool little sure mini sure. stories off that's of that. the cliff notes though yeah. but that that's or like spark notes either either one <laughs> um but so that's that's the overall story of the biblical narrative and I would say and I I think there's a lot of a lot of opinions on this uh, on this point is this you could qualify the you can describe the biblical story in one word reconciliation or redemption and that, oh, that that's cool. what we're talking about yeah, we're talking about yeah. this idea of reconciliation and so the importance practically for you is what for, of the importance of reconciliation practically the importance of reconciliation practically practically for me is first realizing that i cannot do it in my own strength because Ooh. i have there i mean just like everybody there have been people in my life who have hurt me yeah and it is very difficult in my own strength to be to look at them and be like yeah you know what i i i i love you and because i love you i want us to to i want that fellowship to be restored i want that that closeness that we once had to be restored i guess realizing that that i cannot do it in my own power and that so we talk about the spirit living within us right mm-hmm. the spirit within us the holy spirit enables us to live faithful to God, just as Jesus yeah, lived faithful, yeah. right? And that, I guess, that goes out to other people as well, right? right? We cannot live united with other people. We cannot live close to other people who have hurt us in our own strength. Yeah, it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Well, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then I think it's something that, um, and this ties into a lot of Henry Nouwen's writing. Mm. Um, but specifically life of the beloved, like mm. the, uh, when we begin to, uh, be reconciled, well, in, personally, when we, when we are reconciled back to Christ, right. And then we start to, uh, live into our new identity of that has been reconciled to him. Right. Um, and the word that Henry Nouwen would use for that is like, you live into your belovedness. Mm-hmm. The knee-jerk reaction ought to be to call out the belovedness in other people. Hmm. Now that becomes very difficult when you as the beloved are being hurt by the beloved, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're the belovedness in your neighbor or something yep. like that. So the, um, the, like what I have found is that, especially like you think about all of the different you could you could make a list a million miles long about the different ways that people hurt people, right? Yeah. And you could also make a list a million miles long about how or uh, of of probably good reasons why I shouldn't be in relationship with so and so, and I shouldn't be in community. Like it's emotionally unhealthy for us to be in relationship with one another. So um, I'm gonna say a few things, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Like, what does reconciliation right closing the distance between two parties look like in a scenario where you have been uh like really maybe traumatically wounded by somebody 
So like, what does that look like practically? So like, let's say, again, let's go back to the person A, person B sure. scenario. Um, say person A does something really, really hurts person B. Yeah. They and there is some seemingly irreparable gap between the, the in the relationship. Uh, we like it. Just it seems it seems like a lost cause. What mm-hmm. are what are the steps we take? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the question. I think it's important to recognize it takes two parties to to uh, to carry out this or to to live out this idea of reconciliation. Yeah, because a lot of people, I think, get get hung up on the fact that oh, like. Yeah, I want to live reconciled with this person, but this person but is. But they won't do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're gonna per, they're gonna continue to persist in their. I don't know. Just you can let's Bad let's use, habits. Yeah. Let, they're, they're, just, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Their uh, <laughs> their behavior that hurts me or whatever that I was gonna say. But what were you gonna say? I was gonna say dysfunction. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dysfunction. Yeah, that works. Good word. Um, I think so. It starts with yeah, the, it, an honest, difficult conversation needs to be had, right? right? Where you you say, hey, listen, you you can even preface it by saying, hey, I know that this is not going to be fun because I know that there's hurt here. Yes, at least in one party, right? At least in me, there's <coughs> there's hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with having that honest conversation, and in that honest conversation, you just you speak openly and honestly. I would. I mean, I would say write stuff down, like write a write what you want to say in a letter and edit and edit and edit. That's a real practical thing mm. that I found helpful that I've like I've had to do multiple times. Yeah. Um, just because otherwise what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into that difficult conversation and I am just going to emotion. Blow up. Yeah. Emotions are going to emotions are going to bubble over. They're going to it's going to it's going to be bad. One person's gonna, I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Right. Because I. I'm letting my emotions dictate, sure, right? Sure. So again, real practically, I'd say write it out. Journaling's really helpful, but if not journaling, just put it in a Word document and type it out or put it in a note section on your phone and type out what you want to yeah, say yeah. and whittle and edit it down to get to, okay, get to the most objective statements right. po- possible. Like, hey, you did this and this hurt me because... X, Y, Z. X, Y, Z. Sure. Um, that to me is the the first most crucial step is to have that difficult conversation and to go into that difficult conversation prepared right um and say hey there's this distance to acknowledge the distance say i want to close that distance but in order to close that distance we need we both need to do some things yeah. right we both need to have some action steps to do in order to close that gap for sure and again that's when it it takes it, it takes two to tango so to speak yeah. right if one if one party is willing to do that and the other party is not then it's okay then the the idea of healthy boundaries comes in and my mom's a counselor so she's got a whole bunch of resources on this <laughs> idea of healthy boundaries but one of them is like uh Henry Cloud's book i think called boundaries i think it's just called boundaries um and that that's exactly what he lays out is it's it's this process in the process of reconciliation both parties have to willingly take steps to work to close that distance between mm-hmm. between them it cannot be one chasing the other right if there is that one chasing the other then okay healthy boundaries are necessary sure. does, does that make sure. sense is yeah, that yeah. a good place to start absolutely 
when I think the 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 way that leads me right yep. is um in that scenario where one person has been really really hurt or maybe both people have hurt each other or something like the 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 uh I think the most ap- applicable context is probably like romantic relationships right yep. so like if you guys have hurt one another I think the really popular thing to do like and I, I did I do this all the time so Julie and I watch movies together mm-hmm. um Julie's my wife and we uh like she can't watch boy shows right and it it makes me so mad like she can't watch shows with like any mild violence or like a suspenseful plot yeah. or like any like stressful situation because she like which that's the majority of shows we have right today, yeah, yeah, like. yeah 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 well and like you know probably tv is more catered towards uh, a male demographic anyways because we're the ones that are gonna check out and spend hours watching something um but so like like uh murder mystery 2 you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. It's like a comedy movie. Uh-huh. But like there's a fight scene and like the fight scene happened and she goes, oh no, I don't want to watch this. And like we can't watch it. And I was like, it's the middle. It's just about, it's just getting good, right? <laughs> we can't watch it. And then like the shows that she likes to watch in her own time are like the real estate shows where it's like this weird combination of like the real housewives of whatever, but like also real estate. And they just like, it's the worst. It makes me so mad. Oh my gosh. Cause they're just like, I have this listing and I'm so nervous about it. It's like, look, your dad owns the company. Like you're not, you're not going to get fired. The whole deal. Anyways. So, um, when we watch movies together, nine times out of 10, we watch like a rom-com or something like that. And the conflict in a romantic comedy sometimes is like, all right, I can put myself in the situation and be fine. Nine times out of 10, the whole plot can be unraveled in one conversation. Yep. Right. But because culture has set the precedent that like rather than rec- be reconciled to one another, mm-hmm. like we're going to remain connected, but just farther apart. Hmm. What? Like that's <laughs> ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that's so <laughs> dumb. Like we're going to, uh, and so in like no, no, I hope to God, no mature adult, right? Like, like makes their spouse mad and just like, I guess we're just not going to talk for a week yeah. when we live in the same house. That's so, uh, yeah, that that is very uncomfortable. I don't know. For me personally, I am a people pleaser by nature. So if I like, I can't stand that, that like. No, that, oh yeah, I'm the same way. Like, like Julie and I will have a fight. And then like, if we are silent for 10 minutes, I'm like, all right, look, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) I like, it's the worst, whatever, whatever, you know. And she's not like that because she's like a slower and I think this is a guy girl thing where she's like, we'll like make up, but like she's still upset mm-hmm. and she has to like cool down where I'm like, I'm, all right, cool. You want to go hang out now? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, the, but the, um, so, you know, there'll be days where it's like, all right, well, we're just not going to like talk a whole bunch because she's upset about whatever, or maybe a rough day at work, the whole deal. But like, as far as conflict specifically between her and I, like we can't just like let it sit. We yep. can't just like let that distance become concrete yeah uh i say all that to say right the when two parties are uh going back to the whole boundaries deal when two parties are taking the effort to close the distance there right when you are seeking to close distance with somebody i feel like and this is and this might be an incorrect uh perception so you might have to check me on it right but when you are only responsible for doing what you can do to close the distance for going not 99 steps right? Because then that might lead to some dysfunction or whatever, but taking supreme accountability for your roles in the situation, right. 
and then being honest with how with how so-and-so has made you feel right right and doing what you can do which to me that is what christ has done for us absolutely right he has gone now he has gone the 99 steps and asked us to take one right right but it's like but regardless is he has made it to where the response like the uh how do i say it he has he has put the ball in our court yeah right handled all the business and said hey like I guess to stick with the ball in our court. He's like, hey, I want to, I don't want to say that anymore. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, so, but yeah, he's, he's put the ball in our court and said, hey, I want to, I want to have a, right. a, a, I want, there's a seat at the table for you. Right. If you will take it. Yeah. And so our responsibility in conflict resolution or in reconciliation of closing those distances, distances is to say, hey, there's a seat at the table for you. Yeah. That doesn't mean that all the problems go away. Right. But like, you don't have to earn back the seat i'm right. setting a table i'm setting the table you have a seat here right if you will take it right exactly and it's it's that it's it's cooperative right sure. it, it, you're you're exactly right i don't i i would 100 agree with that and i would say sometimes the the best thing for both parties is is space is yeah. is, is saying like hey okay um we just need to we need to cool off right like right. for example in in your your relationship with julia <laughs> Like sometimes it's just it's healthy to say okay I just need some some time to to decompress yeah that is one hundred percent okay mm-hmm. it's just it's when we're talking about this idea of reconciliation it's not letting that uh, space of tension fester in order to just stay stay right. stay fractured right. and stay fractioned from each other and I think this two things came to my mind when you said that first is the overall purpose of the new testament oh. the the, the major like the primary theme in the new testament more than any other command is 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 unity it's the idea of of this idea of reconciliation because we've been reconciled to christ yeah it is now our job to like you said make that seat at the table available yeah. right it's not to to codependently go and just keep pursuing somebody who is who really doesn't want to reconciliation yeah who just doesn't want to change right right that that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the both parties who want to be reconciled sure paul assumes that when he writes and the majority the theme in his letters that is most dominant is saying hey because you've been reconciled to christ reconcile with one another right 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 and the second image that comes to mind is in a book by c.s lewis called the great divorce okay in his in his book, the great. I had that book. I haven't read it yet. Phenomenal. One really? of one of my favorite one of my favorite works of literature, just because it's just it's it's profound. You it, like it so much. You said favorite work of literature I know. instead of saying your favorite book. Yeah. <laughs> it must be real good. Yeah. Um, but in the book, he paints, or it's it's an allegory. So he, his version, or his a story from a different bunch of different. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, you're just throwing literary words <laughs> and trying to make them stick. Uh, but his his picture of hell in that book is not the the typical, like the the flames and the the pitchfork and the hierarchy. It is a it is a humanity that has divided themselves so far from each other that they are just they isolate. They just they were once wow. like for example the book picks up where uh, the 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 character is in an empty town 
and he's waiting for a bus and the town is empty and he asks at one point in the book and I'm, I'm loosely very loosely paraphrasing but he asks at one point in the book why is the town empty yeah and he's like because everybody just divided Every, nobody could get along so they just split up because it was easier to do that than to actually reconcile right wow that is lewis's picture of of hell in that book specifically yeah and i think that is so telling because that is how we live our lives so much we just keep dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing until we get further away and until so to speak the towns of our souls are empty ourselves on an island almost yeah wow dude as an extrovert and a peacemaker that like i have anxiety right now just hearing you talk about that (laughs) like i'm honestly like a little nervous wow uh yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. So the 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 because inwardly what hell feels like is like that you're you're alone, you're isolated, you're not being understood, you are uh like it's not that you're seen and rejected. It's like you're never like nobody even wants to see you. Right. Well, which and, is like a weird form of like a uber rejection. Yeah. And I would say as well it's it's that it's that isolation not only from it's not it's our it's that isolation from god mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. and others as a result of those first two right so i yeah. i would say that i had to do the fast math on that one real fast those <laughs> securing the one my bad um but that's that's how i would qualify the feeling of hell now uh-huh. for people like yeah. we're not talking about the biblical images of heaven and we're not talking about that we're talking about the the thing that makes reconciliation so difficult, right? Uh-huh. And and the solution to that is for us to adopt the pattern of Christ, right? Who, and you can look at Philippians 2, 5 through 11. It's the called the Christ hymn, but it's uh, Jesus, he, though he was, though he had equality with yeah, God. Yeah, I read that a few days yeah, ago. He surrendered himself, right? Mm-hmm. He emptied himself and took, by taking on the form of a servant, right? Mm. And he humbled himself to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Yeah. You see, for Paul, that's a focal image of how we are to live the Christian life. Right. And that bleeds directly into this idea of reconciliation. We're called to put aside our our discomfort, our, our dislikes for the sake of unity, for the sake of reconciliation with one another. And right. when we do that, even though it's difficult, even though it hurts, even though um, we put ourselves out there and sometimes... The other party doesn't want to reconcile. Right. Even then, that's how we experience the resurrection life in the present. Because that's the life of Jesus. That's yeah. exactly what that's exactly the life of Jesus yeah. that he talks about. He calls us to emulate through the well, power of the Spirit. Yeah, and like two two my last two thoughts that I want to say are um that I have experienced that through the pain of not doing anything is greater than the pain of taking your responsibility to close the distance and it not going well yeah like at least you at least you did something yeah you know um and that's not like in in it part of that might be like this well i did my part and they didn't do theirs you know and like that's not what i want to get at though it's the it's the idea that like i I was obedient to what I felt like was the right thing to do. Right. Um, and then also the something I have experienced, which I think is worth acknowledging, is like back to those relationships where we feel like it's actually not beneficial for us to have 
contact with one another. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's probably not a good idea, mm-hmm. you know, because there are some of those, right? Um, and that, and that's natural. Like that's okay. Like there, sure. there is that that healthy level of space that you just say, hey, like we need to decompress and process. And again, right. that's going to look different depending on the right. level of trauma, right. the level of dis- disconnect yeah, yeah, yeah. that took place. So, like hypothetically speaking, you know, with. Uh, like an ex or, you know, maybe a parent that there has been like um, some form of whatever form, some form of abuse or something like that. Like, like to be reconciled and to forgive them may not look like you guys hanging out on the weekends. Cause like in some instances that would be inappropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think something that I've learned with people where it's not probably a good idea that like literally and physically the close distance, right. A way that I can and my heart in my heart become, uh, at least on my end, reconciled to them. Like the, it is to like actively love them. Mm-hmm. It was like, how can I actively love somebody without ever coming into contact with them? Right. So the, the answer for me was to pray for people. So yeah. there was a time for about like, probably like two years straight where I was dealing with some like real bitterness in my heart towards some people in my family, um, people from past relationships, stuff like that. And it just like, it was one of those things where like, you're like driving down the road and then all of a sudden you're just like angry for no reason. You're just yeah. like, oh, man, I got to get this figured out. Right. right. Uh, Cause this is, there's this like, I don't think people often say it, but there, there's, there's this deep, like inward voice that like is screaming at you about like, Hey, this is not how life is supposed to be. I've experienced right. that when people pass away. I've experienced that like. Um, when you examine the distance between you and close friends or whatever, it's like, this is not how, this is not the way that life was originally intended to be lived. Right. And so the best way that I can combat that, right, while honoring, like it'd be weird if I hung out with an ex-girlfriend because I'm now married. Like that's strange, right? But regardless, um, the way that I can actively love them is to pray for them. Yeah. And not to pray for like anything super weird or specific but my prayer used to be for many people that have um hurt me or that i feel like i have hurt or whatever it was like just lord show them that you love them Hmm. because the greatest joy in my life is to know the lord the know the love of the lord yeah right and so show them that you love them Mm -hmm. and over time like so initially you pray that prayer and you don't mean it like are you you kidding me no absolutely not i do not mean this but like i'm praying i'm telling god as a god i don't want to pray this prayer I don't even want you to answer it, right. but I know it's the right thing to do. Yep. So like, I'm going to pray it anyways yep. in hopes that you actually do answer it. You know, it's kind of those, you're saying two opposing things at the same time. Um, but I'm going to uh, pray it anyways, because if you do show them, you love them, they'll be better for it. You'll be better for it. Right. And I don't have anything to do with it. Right. Right. Well, and that's so... I think that's so freeing is that reconciliation it's a process right it's not yeah. something that you're going to wake up and be like today's the day yeah <laughs> Today, you know what i feel that i am right it's like no it's a yeah. process right yeah. and like you said sometimes you're not gonna feel it no and and that is okay mm-hmm. but to to enter into that process it's it's just surrender it to the lord like you yes. said it's to say hey listen i cannot do this myself right I cannot. It is impossible for me to, I guess, close that gap myself between God, between myself, between others. And I need, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me to do that. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, that's where we, that's where we, that's where healing starts to take place. Yeah. Um, 
And that's when, like you said, we know that we've done it. We've surrendered everything that we possibly can to the Lord. And, and now even we've even surrendered the, the possible decision from the other per that the other person could make to the right, Lord as well. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and like and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Now, if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and follow us. Listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.